Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. definitely do feel like technology is fickle. Like we all like starting this podcast. It's like, Oh, it's the same AirPods that I use for the same recording for the same everything. And then today it's like, no different button. You got to press like it's ever changing incrementally while changing at the speed of light. And it's just, that's the worst when you have something that you do every day or every week. And all of a sudden it's just like today we're not working. Buy a new one. I don't like Bluetooth. I like a connected headphone. I don't like everything going through the air. I don't like that everything's Bluetooth and I don't like that everything's a QR code. Oh, QR and I don't codes. like that every. Uh-uh. And also, what also is fucking annoying about QR codes is for the first several years, nobody knew how to use them. It was like, use the QR code. You didn't know that you could just take a picture of it. That was not public information. I don't even think you could. No, right, right. You had to download like an app. And I'm tired of having to create a profile for everything. Every doctor's office is like, let's get you into the portal so we can forget your credit card number and ask you for it every time. I feel like there's a lot of big other things this week that we could have kicked this episode off with. Like two things come to my mind. Well, this podcast is all about the little things. (laughs) I was fucking baddie. Um, Yeah, I'm not even going to make it a top of the cob. Cat's out of the bag. Self-released cat. I am having a baby boy. Land two. And it will be... I self-released. And and it will be... This January should be the 28th. I was like, ooh, I could have him on January 22nd, my birthday. And Noah was like, don't do that. No kid wants to share a birthday with their mom. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your birthday is not January 22nd. I'm sorry. I meant to say February. (laughs) Thank you for... Thank you for that. Pretend I said February the whole time. It sounds like you're an imposter. You're gone and I've just gotten someone else to do this podcast so I can keep this gravy train rolling. I just start glitching and I'm just like, what, Emily? My headphones always connect. I'm no. Russian. Okay. The two big things. Number one, baby. Number two, I saw videos of that Denver arena. Oh my God. So we are talking on a Sunday morning. So I just got back. It was, we worked really hard, not only to make sure the arena was full, but to, I was like, we need lights and lasers and sound that makes, that's worthy of an arena. And I, on the ground, it was cool, but I got to see the videos after. And it's rare to see like grainy cell phone footage from the back of an arena and be like, wow, that's, that's, that's sick. I almost said that slaps, but I don't say that. And I was really proud of it. So we're excited to do it even better at the TD Garden coming up uh, Friday, October 13th in Boston. Tell your friends. And shout out to Dunkin' Donuts who gifted every VIP a box of blue munchkins <gasps> because we're having a boy That's and so a $5 cute. Dunkin' gift card. Yeah. And then they will also be out in full force for the TD Garden show because it's Boston. Oh my God. Yeah. God, Ben Affleck's going to be so jealous. I'm coming for your job, Ice Spice and Ben Affleck. <laughs> coming for your whole profile. I'm coming for all your fans. But yeah, it was an incredible night. So much love and support. And um, I had the best time. And I have to be honest, because I get all these texts like, how did it feel? And this is just me being 
honest, I think I do a very big show with a lot of energy. And part of me is like, I should have always been here. Like it takes time to get there, but like it felt right. It wasn't like, wow, I can't, I'm so nervous. I was like, no, this is what we should be doing. But that's exactly it's just hard. That's what's so great though about you is that like you have mm. you deserve it. You Ooh. should be there. You've worked this hard to get here and you've brought this level of show to smaller venues. It's not like suddenly yeah. you're you're better. I mean, I'm sure you're always getting like incrementally better, but you've always had this ability. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It just felt great. It felt right. It felt like I belong there. And so hopefully there's more arenas, you know, it's tough. Even last night we were up against a Rockies, Minnesota twins game. Like there's always just another major arena doing something. And so I'm still pumped that an arena full of people still came out to my show. I was very touched. Denver, I love you. And it won't be the last you see of me. But also, yes, I'm having a baby. And that explains so much to everyone. I already knew. But the breathing, exhaustion, everything. Is the now, breathing I, now you worse? Know. Is the breathing worse with the baby? I just, I think of you as yes. frail and unable to breathe in general. <laughs> definitely not frail. Definitely. In the nose have region. Full, full nasal capacity. Yeah. But when I'm pregnant, the nose is unusable. When I'm moving, like working out, can breathe perfectly but I do have to wear a Breathe Right strip. Uh, I think it has to do with just like getting blood flowing, but it is, I'm sick. I did San Diego, Arizona, because that's a city, and Denver, all just nose running. Like it got in the back of my throat. It was a combination of overexerting my voice so my throat hurt. My daughter was sick, like just carrying around. Body felt fine, but just like nose running. And so you can't enunciate certain words when you're congested. And just head was just swimming when I got to San Diego. I was like, I hope this comes out okay. Yeah. So, you know, I may have had a little bit more than a cup of coffee, but come after me. Come after me if you want. I don't care. I'm ready. That baby's going to come after you in 10 years listening to this. He's going to be like, that's what's up. Now I know why. I see what women put in their bodies. I don't think my baby's going to come out with a horn because I had an extra couple sips of coffee. So <laughs> keep it to yourself. And now we had a lot of fans come out. Uh, we had the girl who had the question. She was like, I wrote in about the in-laws that wanted me to spend money. I was like, the people with the pool noodle? She was like, that was me. <laughs> so we love having you guys out to the show. And now for the part everybody's waiting for, the part where we answer your questions, otherwise known as our podcast. <laughs> the bulk of it. Yes. Okay, you let us begin. Hello, longtime fan, first time submitter. We are seeing your show tomorrow. Now, this was the 28th, so they saw you on the 29th. With the they tw- had a great time. Okay, you had a good time, yeah. yeah. They did. I know they did. Oh, in Phoenix, super excited. Apologies that our fall is still 100 plus degrees, but it's a dry heat. It was 103 <laughs> degrees. Not that I felt it because I was inside sleeping because I was sick, but yeah, you guys are not ready for fall. But at night, it was delicious. Mm. I will say that. It was like that nice, cool desert air. I enjoyed that. Sometimes I don't know if I have the worst sister-in-law in in the world or if I need to just get over myself. Honestly, you could probably have me as a guest of your podcast and have an hour episode just discussing her and how I think she is terrible. Honestly, if we just gave, if some show just gave people an outlet to complain about someone else for an hour, it would be the number one show. I would actually love that. (laughs) I love talking shit about, about people I don't know. Right. Oh, give me, <laughs> let me know about your worst relative and let's just pile on that person who may be right. Right. But, but I'm only, talking to you, so I'm on your side. Yeah, we only want one side. That makes it less complicated. I want the fun side. Yeah. I want the side that involves more shit talking. Okay. So I don't even know where to start. Uh, the borderline child abuse, the holier-than-thou attitude, the attention-seeking, self-victimizing, or the keeping up with the Joneses with a hint of laziness. She's a realtor, but was a stay-at-home mom for seven years. She constantly gets annoyed at how her husband is always doing things for work, but his high-paying job supports everything she wastes their money on and their three kids. She says she's going to look for a true nine-to-five because they need her to contribute financially, but never bothers to look and instead waste her day by herself doing whatever the fuck annoying 40-year-olds do. When I was pregnant Mm-mm. during COVID and gave birth during COVID, she never even reached out to see how I was doing. The first time she reached out after my daughter was born was to give unsolicited advice about scheduling a doctor's appointment and ignored that I had been isolated since a month before giving birth and I had to be isolated three months after giving birth. I was later diagnosed with PPA and BPD 
When I shared my story via social to help others, everyone reached out with really nice things to say, and I heard nothing. I don't know what those things are. Do you? At least postpartum depression would be PPD. So I've never heard it. I've never heard it referred to as that. It's always like the full thing. So, okay. Right. Totally common. Go on. And PPA is, that can't be right. (laughs) I just, I don't think it's primary (laughs) progressive aphasia. PPA is a polytechnic Post- company. Okay. <laughs> postpartum anxiety. Okay, so postpartum anxiety okay. and depression. Yes. I've been very open with her and how she can be triggering to me, and it seems like it falls on deaf ears. She never includes my daughter in any activities with her cousins and is so hard to be around. There's a lot more I could share, but again, if I could, it could probably be its own episode. Besides completely ignoring her, what is the best way to handle someone like this? B. I don't know. It's tough to tell someone you're triggering, but please include us in your Ugh. plans. Like, then she's like, then don't be around me. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. And I, to be honest, never used the word narcissist in my life until people started using it online a couple of years ago. So she could be that. But quite frankly, if I were an asshole, <laughs> if I was just myself and someone's like, you're triggering, I'd be like, get fucked. So <laughs> you definitely shouldn't have said that to her. It does sound like it's your problem. Because none of the things that she's doing, while they are annoying and delicious to talk about over a margarita, are not actually directly affecting you. And if you want to be included in stuff, well, you already told this woman that you don't like her. So, of course, she doesn't want to include you in stuff. And I wonder if she stopped doing that after you said that. She might be this way to everyone. And I actually fully relate to you on this because I tend to let people that everybody kind of thinks suck, I tend to make it like personal. And all of a sudden, like this person knows I don't like them. It's like, really? Everyone else just lets them do it. And then I'm like, nope, I gotta, I gotta die on this hill and let them know I'm doing it. So it's more about like, feel bad for this person, talk shit about them, roll your eyes privately. But nothing that she seems to be doing it ha- involves your day to day. Right. She's just annoying to look at, but it's like she's not asking you for money. She's just not working. She's hanging out at home being a jerk (laughs) and giving unsolicited advice, which, okay, that's annoying. You can tell her not to, but... Not even. If she does, just be like, okay. Uh, It really comes down to your constitution as a person. I get unsolicited advice all the time from people who mean well, annoying people. Like It just kind of wafts into your atmosphere and it's on you to just shake it off. Sometimes people give unsolicited advice and you're like, oh, okay, I kind of like that. But there's something about us as women where when people do it, what we take from it is, oh, you assume I don't know what I'm doing and that's why you're telling it to me. When in actuality, people sometimes just do it because it's a habit. They just kind of give the advice or they genuinely want to help. But you don't have to come from a place of this person assumes I don't know. It could just be their way. So have more confidence in yourself. And maybe they do have something, but I guess it's tough to always assume that people are coming from a good place because most people are really dumb. <laughs> and you're looking at the way this woman lives her life. You're like, why would I want any fucking advice from you? And when you're around her, just sustain and maintain, just kind of, you have to let like water off a duck's back. Especially because it's all these other friends did reach out. So what's the, like all these, you have all these great people in your life. Forget this lady. You do have to get over it. You rarely have to see her. You don't even want to see her. You're annoyed because you're like, I don't even want to see her. But when I do, I want her to be different. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, fuck her. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already 
stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi, Eliza and crew. Thank you so much for your midweek show. You are my entertainment my, on my way to work every Wednesday. Please keep me anonymous. I feel like everyone okay. should listen to you. So let's pretend they do. All right, Susan. Oops. <laughs> Whoops-a-daisy. My question. I work for a school that I previously went to as an adult student. Think trade school. The person in charge is the same person that was there when I attended. I recently found out he was spreading a rumor that I slept with multiple people in my class and that I was a party girl even though this is false. He heard this from other students that made those rumors because I was the only girl in class and he believed them. He is telling my coworkers who I respect very much and I would like them to respect me. I understand everyone was different when they were younger, especially me, but the fact that it may even get back to my students is killing me. I fear that confronting my boss will not go well as he is definitely an ego-driven personality. I don't want to get fired. What do I do? I feel like I'm making a bigger deal out of it than other people, but it sucks being talked about falsely behind my back. Thanks. Well, uh, your your boss can't tell other people about you yeah. sleeping with people. He and he definitely can't fire you for saying, "Hey, I heard this." Now he'll say, "I never said that." Right. So you got to consider the source. Is there an HR person to get involved? Is there? I mean. I'm all about taking the person that told that to you, bringing them into the office and be like, he said that you said I slept with someone. Let's clear this up. Yeah, but that's then- It's also- Oh, God. You're then making that other person into an enemy because they're like, I didn't want to be quoted to our boss. It's just so fucking annoying that who a woman slept with at all a billion years ago, even if it was a year ago when you graduated- factors into any equation or matters. This guy obviously is attracted to you or threatened by you or something. And that's just so gross. And it's so disgusting that any of this is happening. So I think you need to involve HR if you're going to confront him. Yeah. The truth always kind of comes out. I only recently found out that 
a couple people in my class in high school thought that I slept with a guy that I was just friends with. Mm. And like, it was recently their girl was like, you never slept with him? I was like, no. Like a man and a woman. Did he have a crush on me? Yes, but I never wanted to, nor did I. And the truth is all those people thinking that about me affected my life zero because I have a lot of money now. But that sucks because I'm just kidding about that part. But that sucks because it's your place of work and you don't want to feel bad. And this guy obviously has some kind of weird problem with you. God, it's so gross. And it's so gross too that even if you did, it's considered a bad thing. You know? <sighs> yeah. It's just... What do you think, Emily? It's a workplace. That's, that's your specialty. I... It's HR, number one. If you have proof... The hard part is, is if he's just like... He's clearly yeah, not proof. saying this to you. If you have proof, if he has emailed anyone, if any of your coworkers will... Yeah. Tat, How'd you testify, find out? But say something. It's like, seems like... Because it could be he said it about one person and then someone exaggerated. They were like, yeah, she slept with like a guy, like maybe two people. Like you don't know how that snowballed. Yeah. The other version is it's tough. It's tough because the lady doth protest too much exists for a reason. The mom and Hamlet exists for a reason. And that is being a person who talks about it too much. And you're like, you talk about this a lot for someone who didn't do it. Like, I didn't murder them, but if I did, here's how I would have done it. And I wrote a book. So I, I say that to preface this. I don't know how often this is coming up. I don't know if someone said it in passing. And because you're a woman, if you try to contest it, people will be like, okay, we don't care. It's like, well, you cared enough to say it to my fucking face. There is the version, let's say your boss's name is Rob, where somebody brings it up and you're like, Rob has this like weird obsession with spreading this rumor that I slept with people and I don't know where it came from. And then you could just leave it at that. Like you could just shoot it down every time and be like, he has this like inappropriate obsession with being weird. Like always make it like he's a psycho who's like, I don't know. I barely, I don't know how well you know your boss or whatever. Be like, I don't know what his deal is, but he like loves telling people. He loves making up that I slept with all these classmates and it's just so strange. Yeah. Like make it like he's like, uh, like there's something wrong with him and he's this like pariah in the office that's like, I don't get it. Yeah. I think if there is an HR, you just maybe want to bring it up just so that there's a record in case he does try to get you fired yeah. because then you can you show go. it's retaliatory. It's interesting. Good word. Is that a word? I don't know. Maybe don't it's just, so. you could show that he is retaliating. Why don't you Google that? Um, <laughs> it's also tough. I can tell you there was a comic a billion years ago who I never even kissed, but definitely couldn't handle that he lived in a garbage small town and cheated on his wife all the time. And I was like on my own path and told a lot of people we slept together. And what sucked was that like, I really liked, like we were friends. Like I liked him. Oh yeah. It even got back to like an ex-boyfriend and it was just like, I never, I never confronted him. I never said anything. Partially we lived in like separate countries. It didn't matter. And it's also like, sure, you slept with the girl on TV, you fucking psycho. And so it's kind of, it kind of doesn't matter because it's like, okay, so when you were like in college 10 years ago, who cares? It's not like you're sleeping with coworkers or he's making up about that. So this is all to say like it should take care of itself, but I like my idea where you tell people he's a crazy person who's obsessed with you. I think you can do both, but you just want it on the record in case yeah, you want he tries to fire you. All um, right. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Eliza, Emily, baby... What's the Grenouille? G-R-E-N-O-U-I-L-L-E. Grenouille is French for frog. Baby Grenouille and the how do you know? And the Pati from France. How? Uh, I'll tell you how I knew it. It's actually really unfortunate. I was with an ex-boyfriend in France, and this woman was really rude to me because I was American and wouldn't give me a manicure. And under his breath, he was like, fucking Grenouilles, because you're not supposed to call the French frogs. Oh. It's like a derogatory thing. And I remember he said that and I had never heard it. And then I found out. Because the whole thing is like they eat frogs legs. Anyways, it's all it all comes from a place of hate. But what I took from that was place that the French hate. word for frog is grenouille. Anyway. Yeah, well. I, but I like you guys great. I have no problem. <laughs> this listener is from France. I stumbled upon Eliza's stand-up this summer while working nights at a summer camp and have been a huge fan ever since. Ever since yes. the summer. Your pod has had such an impact on the way I interpret the world, boosting my self-confidence and my outlook on relationships. Finally, I have a question that I could really use your advice on. 
I'm a 19-year-old female communication student, and I was accepted for an audiovisual internship last May. It was a great experience overall, and I learned so much. However, I'm coming to realize I slowly fell for one of my coworkers. We got on really well from day one, sharing lunch breaks, talking about our interests, joking around, etc. Basically, a friendly, normal relationship between two coworkers where he tried to make me feel welcome during my internship. However, I could sense a hint of flirtatiousness in the communication. We've kept in touch with each other, and I've contacted him several times since to check up on him and took him up on his offer of helping me find an internship in animation for this coming year. The texts, however, have been short and brief. I recently plucked up the courage to ask if he'd like to go and see the third movie of a trilogy we both really like and that he suggested to me. To that, he answered that it was in a long time and mentioned his moving to Paris this week. I live around four hours away. I answered that it was indeed far away in time, but I thought it would be an odd but fun way to catch up in a few years. And that if he ever wanted to, and if it were feasible, it would be with pleasure. I was left on red. Yeah. Here is the deal. I'm aware that he is in another place in life right now. He is 24, starting up his own audiovisual company, whereas I'm still studying. And our exchanges were probably more along the lines of experienced sailor showing the ropes to a newbie on board. However, I can't help sensing there was maybe something else, and I wonder if something could have happened between us or if it was all in my head. I really need some help on either how to get over this as it's the way life is and people leave, or if I should actually say something and express the way I feel so I don't regret having kept my mouth shut. I've always been a very social and extroverted person, not scared to talk with people I found attractive, but extremely shy when it comes to whether or not to express romantic feelings as they have always been rejected in the past. The only relationship I've had was very one-sided, not on my part, and I put an end to it only two months later. I can't talk with my family about this, silly as it may seem, because they are Christian folk that express frequently how one shouldn't date around unless the romantic interests are Christian. Sex is obviously taboo with them. So, cue sad horn. My dating and just differentiating affection from just the basic kind toolbox is quite small, and solely founded on my few experiences and what I've seen around me. Not going to lie, I feel a bit embarrassed of this, as it can be handicapping. Thank you for looking at my question. Though this being somewhat of a toughie, listening to your podcast has made me overall more confident, less intimidated, talking, and striking up a flirt with people. Liza and Emily, listening to both of you, feels like listening to two big sisters, and I love it. Lots of love, Olive. Mm, D'accord. Olive. Even if this guy liked you, he lives over four hours away, he's starting a business, there's no relationship there. Because you haven't been in a lot of relationships, you're pursuing this because you're like, maybe there was something there. Doesn't matter even if there was. You did nothing wrong. Even if you did, you'll never know. But you did nothing wrong. This was a relationship based on proximity. And you were at this internship and... There is also a version where he really was just showing you the ropes and being like a nice guy. But let's say there was a little bit of flirting, which is totally harmless. There was a time and a place for it. You know, you can't tell me that the guy you went to prom with in high school, unless it's like the South in the 50s, is like your end-all be-all love. You went to prom with them because that's who was there. Your best friend is your best friend because they grew up next door to you. You're friends with the girl you went to camp with because they were in your bunk. So many of our relationships, marriages included in life, are based on proximity and convenience and just who's around, for better or for worse. I would let this go. It is a little weird to say, hey, in a few years, let's go see this. It's also weird that he rejected you. He wasn't just like, great, see you for a prequel of Star Wars in four years. I would do nothing and I would leave it open so that if you ever are in the same area and you do reconnect, it isn't the last thing he remembers was like you being weird. Just leave it because there's nothing to be said there. You're used so badly and I get this. I totally get it, especially being in your early 20s. You want someone to be like, hey, I really like you because you're craving that and that is so normal. Your parents are gonna be your parents, whatever. You're looking for human connection. You're looking to be in a two-sided relationship, not two-faced. So I would suggest you put yourself out there, try to start dating a little bit. You're looking for something with this guy that's not there at all. And even if it could be there, it's not feasible. You put yourself out there. You say you're not afraid to talk to people. Just get it out there. Do some online dating. Talk around. Go out. Be young. Have fun. And know that it will come. But nothing good ever came from trying to force it. And I'm not saying you're doing that in a bad way. 
But like this, this is not, young girls do this too. And young guys too, to an extent, women do this where it's like, this guy looked at me and I know that we both like cheese. So is <laughs> it a match? It's not a match. Even if it was, you guys would have like slept together in that moment. Then he moved away, like whatever. So he will be one in a series of many, many men in this world who pay attention to you and it's just not meant to be. Yeah. If you're lucky. If you're not ugly. Oh boy. Sounds like not. Merci. Au revoir. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey crew, background. Now that I need to say this this email has little subheadings and which I like. The first one is background. Oh, Eliza, I met you at the Florida Only VIP in Tampa. We did the put your back against mine pose. You do so many of those VIPs that you probably don't remember. It's okay. Anyway, now I will pause this and say Eliza, you remember a lot of things. You remember people you meet, you remember questions that were asked on this show. Um, I can't remember where I put my fucking headphones. I spent well, most of my days just like looking for my phone. I love that we called it the Florida only tour. I don't remember that post simply because put your back against mine and party goblin are the top two requested top poses. Two poses. So yeah. you're, you're in good company. Yeah. I was totally enamored with you because I'd never met a celebrity before and I'm such a huge fan. I had a few options for shows and VIP tickets and I chose you. Madonna is coming to Tampa and I actually bought your VIP tickets for me and my bestie over Madonna for her greatest hit store. You hear that, Madge? You hear that? (laughs) Granted, she cost a lot more, but I could afford it. And even if the price is the same, I'd be there to see you. Kissy face. Well, one day you'll have to prove it. One day when those ticket prices get up there and I abandon (laughs) everyone who needs a $45 ticket... We'll see if you put your money where your mouth is. My friend was unfamiliar with their work, but I needed someone to go with, so I paid for his ticket as well, and he's a huge fan now. All right, that's doing the good work. Context, the next subheading. I am not a nurse, a grad student, a bride, or a bridesmaid. Still love all your podcasts and fans. <laughs> anyway, not to stereotype gay men, but sometimes we just meet up with other guys for short-term flings. I think straight people do as well. 
What I don't get is why some guys insist on knowing your age. If it's just a fling and you're attracted to each other, who cares, right? Not like we're heading. Wait, what? Knowing why your age. Why did I get lost? Is this a boy or a girl? This is a gay man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think. Yes, gay man. Uh, not like we're heading to the altar. We'll probably never see each other again. So now next subheading question. I am sensitive about my age and nobody knows how old I am outside of the government, my family, and a few close friends. I prefer to keep it that way. What's a funny way to dodge that question and keep them from asking more? This doesn't need to apply to a fling. I, I get it in everyday life, although most often with flings. I look very young for my age and I'm not an insecure person. I'm confident and happy with myself. My only hang up is people knowing my age. Part of it is I like to be a little mysterious. Part of it is that it's nobody's business. Anyway, people asking drives me crazy. Thanks for keeping me laughing, improving my vocab and being someone to look up to. XO, XO, JJ. Hey, JJ. How I, okay, um, it's awful. I'm dying to know how old JJ is. We got, first, we got to know if we can answer you properly, JJ. No, I mean, so the first part is you're talking about like just meeting up to have sex and they're like, we want to know how old you are. I think there's a level of comfort there, to be honest. I think, and I don't know how old you are or what you look like. I think if you are, and I get that in the homosexual community, hooking up uh, is more commonly done than in the heterosexual community. Just like meeting up to have sex, whatever. Not that straight people don't do it, but um, Grinder was founded on like, who's around? Mm-hmm. But you have to put Let's your age. Right. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. The frequency with which it's done, I think, is more in that culture. And I think if you are like, a tw- as a girl, if I was like a 25-year-old girl and some guy like looked young and there's something you don't feel great about knowing someone's like 50. Like it's, it just gives it context. I, I'm, I'm putting that out there to say like, in a way, people have a right to know who they're hooking up with, who they're sleeping with. It doesn't matter, but I guess it does. If it's a big enough gap, it might make you uncomfortable. And you're saying, what, we have a connection, who cares? It just does matter to some people. And if that, I mean, you have the right to just be like, if that matters, I'm not gonna, I don't like to talk about my age. If that matters to you, there's other people I could be having, other ageless people I could be having sex with. Yeah, I think this is tough. I don't disagree. I see both sides because I see like, yeah. Look, hey, if they didn't notice, if they can't tell, and and it's not that he is underage, it's that he seems like he's a little older but looks young. For so sure. he's not committing a crime. But I think that's <laughs> what you're saying. I think it's that you're like 50. And again, we I haven't seen your picture or anything. Right. You are a number that society has said is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to deal with the fallout. You don't want to deal with the judgment. You don't want to deal with misconceptions. You don't want to deal. And I get that. I get that. We all have those things in our lives. We're like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to deal with the ignorance. Totally fair. I I think you're also being set up though to be lying from the outset because these, if you're on these apps, yeah. they have you put in age. And you'll see this in, in guys' profiles sometimes on like straight Tinder or whatever where they're like, oh, it says this age, but actually that's not my real age. You're like, oh, you put in your wrong age? How'd you do that? You did that so that when people are swiping, and they have their limit set to like 50, you put your age as 49. It says, for, I'm 55 and I don't know how to change it because you want to still be in people's swiping ranges. You know, right, like right. That's there is an element of a lie. Now, it doesn't sound like that's what JJ is doing, but it's why other people are like, okay, no, really, what do you, how old are you? Like the, the app says you're 18 and you look 30. Like what's happening here? You know? I mean, yeah, the good news is you look young. So, you know, you put your real age down. You don't want to be discounted. Nobody who gets older wants to be discounted. But your question is, what can I say? You're not asking me about how to like up your Tinder right. game. You're saying, what can I say? I guess it depends on if you plan on having a relationship with that person. Huh. I, I mean, people are going to find out your age. The You know, it's going to be online. Someone's going to find a piece of mail. Like these things happen. You say you're not insecure about it. And it's not that you're insecure, but you don't want to deal with the judgment. And to a degree that does fall under insecurity because you are insecure about the fact that people are going to judge you for it. If you really want, I mean, I've definitely met gay men and women, women in general who just don't say their age. I have never pressed anyone further on it. No. Because that's a weird thing to do. Like you're what, you're coloring my hair. You're, I'm meeting you at a party. 
It's weird to ask someone's age that you're not planning on being intimate with. And if someone asks, you can just be like, I'm timeless, baby. And if someone pushes you on it, you could just be like, I don't share it. I just don't like to. Yeah. And then you could just walk away from that person. You have to be comfortable with making them uncomfortable. And we talk about it all the time. <laughs> right. If you have a guy over and you say like, I won't tell you my, you say, you know, I'm timeless or I'm not really comfortable sharing until I know someone better or whatever. And they say, oh, that's weird. You just have to be like, okay, then bye. That's going to be aggressive about it. Yeah. I mean, look, it comes down to if you want to set a boundary, you kind of have to be okay with enforcing that boundary mm -hmm. because it is a strange thing. People don't think about the age thing, especially when they're younger. But you don't want to say it because maybe it does make you feel a little bad. Maybe you have dealt with someone mistreating you in the past. So you just say, I'm timeless. You know? is, or just or something like that. Something, yeah. Go, like, dumb dad. Like, oh, I, I, I've been celebrating my 25th birthday for a few years. Or like, there I stopped counting. Or 25 forever, baby. And anybody that presses you on it, unless they're going to be in your life for a while, then that's that. I think that you will also run into a problem of just because you've set this boundary, people will now be curious. Like, are you 95? What's happening here? How old are you? Just like old enough. <laughs> right. Old enough to know better. Old enough to know I don't ask people about their age, which oh. is an old person thing, but yeah. that's your sassy answer. <laughs> Hello, AIA fan. First, I want to thank Eliza for such an amazing show in San Diego. My mom and I had the top of the cop shirts and you were so sweet to us when meeting you. I'm so glad you love the gifts too. This is Christina, by the way. I'll say her name at the end, but Christina from San Diego. Now, you, for the question. I have an aunt who asks an excessive amount of questions. The kind that you may think of for a brief moment, but probably not actually ask or care to know. We have a group chat with myself, my mom, and my aunts. And it's to the point where we like to try to predict the follow-up questions. For example, someone sent a text about the great burger they had. These types of questions would follow. Where did you get the burger? What kind of burger was it? Did you eat there or bring it home? What else did you buy there? Who went with you? How much did it cost? No exaggeration. One of my other aunts once asked her if she was filling out a police report. Any ideas <laughs> on how to lessen this? Thank you again for everything, Christina. Again, it comes down to controlling other people's behavior. You could just not answer those questions in yeah. a text. Like you could literally just answer the third out of five only a maniac's going to be like, but what about my other questions? What about my other four questions? <laughs> Although I will say I was put on a group chat the other day where someone was being really annoying and I almost started to type like, please remove me from this conversation. But I didn't because I yeah, was like, that's a dick move. It seems like you like your aunt. And it, yeah. I wonder what her response was when the other aunt was like, are you filling out a police report? Did she laugh? Some people, this is just how they get information. Mm -hmm. Some people like, I love answering questions. So I would answer every <laughs> single one with like an emoji, especially if it's about me. You could say, LOL, pick your favorite question and I'll answer it. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about her. But again, all you can control is your reaction, which is just not reacting. But you can't come down on her for that. It just might be the way that she communicates. What if the aunt is the ultimate troll and these people are like, they're dropping in a photo of their burger plate and it's like, oh, you think your photo of a burger is so fascinating? You must really care about that burger. Where'd you get it? How much there was it? There you go. <laughs> She's probably like, look at this lunatic niece I have who's like talking about a burger like anybody cares. Without saying where she got it. Somebody's just saying, here's a photo of a burger. I ate this. And your aunt's like, yeah. Why? Why are you putting Maybe this in the chat? <laughs> more clued in than you realize. But yeah. yeah, we're getting a lot of questions about like, how do I control another person's behavior? Either answer them in the way that you were hoping they asked the question or just don't answer it. Or there's something wrong with her and like be nice to her. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hi, Liza and gang. I love your podcast and Wednesdays are my favorite days since I get to listen to a brand new episode. <laughs> I've heard Eliza in the past say, quote, only children are weird. And it kind of stuck with me. I don't remember you saying that, but it does feel like something you would say. <laughs> for, for context. <laughs> I, I definitely said it. You definitely said it. I am a 41-year-old female and I have an almost four-year-old daughter. I had a super easy conception, fantastic pregnancy, but then almost died giving birth to her. I had a massive Oof. hemorrhage, multiple blood transfusions, two surgeries, and spent three days in the ICU separated from my, my baby. God. I hope this was in a country that cares about... <laughs> It's citizens. So yeah. Scary and traumatic doesn't even begin to describe how horrific it was. My OBGYN said there's a 20% chance I have another hemorrhage. And the second time, 
dying is not a concern and most likely won't be as bad as he will be prepared. Great. The cause of the hemorrhage is unknown. It's a common complication. Just mine escalated too quickly and I didn't respond well to treatments. This is how women used to die in the old times as there was no transfusions, etc. I've always done therapy and after the birth, I did a specific kind called EMDR that helps reprocess adult trauma. After the EMDR, I concluded I am not going to ever birth any more babies as I consider the risk too high and not something I want to go through again. I'm at peace with the decision and me and my husband have thought maybe in the future we can adopt or do a surrogate. You're considering freezing some of my eggs. Quite frankly, right now, I do feel our family is complete and I love that I can give my daughter all my attention and I can't imagine having another child super comfortable with how I manage my time and energy, but I am the oldest of five and I am very close with all my siblings. They are some of the most important people in my life. So there's a part of me that feels I'm stripping my daughter out of that opportunity. Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Can't wait to see you in DC in November. I'm flying from Miami so I can see you one more time. Now, PS, update. (laughs) Update before the question even goes on air. LOL. I sent this the same day Eliza posted she is having a baby. I am just now seeing the awesome <laughs> announcement. I'm so happy for her, but I cried because I probably will never have the joy of welcoming a baby boy into my family. So there's that. I had never cried with anyone posting any pregnancy announcements. Marcella Turan. Oh, hi, Marcella. Oh, such a so long time. She's in Florida. Lady. So I don't yes. know. Her birth was maybe not in a country that cares about people. Marcella, first of all, I'm a comedian. So. Don't let the little thing that I said, which was probably in response to someone's question about somebody being selfish or weird. And that was just me in the moment being that person's best friend supporting them. Plenty of people who have siblings are weird too. You looking at me? Be- I actually wasn't, but yeah. I just saw your but little eyes. I am. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how to feel about this. I'm sure that a lot of women, I think it's worth talking about with women in your life because I'm sure a lot of women feel this way. You're like, I'd love to do it again, but it's not healthy. What you should focus on is the fact that you want to be there and healthy and safe for your daughter. Your, as you put it, Julumbian baby. <laughs> half Jewish, half Colombian, which I guess it's not really because one's a religion, but it's, it's cute. Um, and that's being the best mom you can be. And if it were in the cards, it would be in the cards. But Don't feel like you're denying your child something. I was saying this to Noah the other day. I was like, you know what's a weird realization is that my daughter is not going to have the same childhood I did. Like Mm. she's not going to watch the same movies and go to the same camp and go to the same schools. Like you kind of think of them in the places you were. To an extent, you do some of the stuff, but what's important is that this kid has a loving home. What's important is that you love your child and that you fill their life with beautiful things that you're capable of giving them. Plenty of people have siblings and it's a miserable experience. It's not about that. And I say that, you know, I'm about to, hopefully everything goes well and I have this second baby. You never know. Fingers crossed. But I figured, of course, but we could spend our lives being like, how come I didn't have a third? Oh, what would it have been like if I didn't have one? What if we didn't live here? That's... And if it really means something to you, you could adopt. There's all these things you could go through. But at the end of the day, in your core, you know the answer. Don't ever allow external factors or other people's choices to make you feel bad about what you can or cannot naturally do. Yeah, You could have a second kid that's a little serial killer and then they're not friends anyway. And if you have all these sisters that you're close with, are they having kids? Are there cousins? Are there yeah. other little kids? Uh, do you live kids? near them? Do you live near them? Yeah, by the way, everybody that has a second child is like, uh-oh, what if this one's the weird one? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, give yourself a break. Hello, AIA squad. I've used my best, what would Eliza and Emily say for this situation, but I'm out of luck and need more help. I, 28 female, am the lead of a team that literally builds spacecrafts. Whoa. It's- <laughs> it's cool. My team is great and we're all relatively young, sub 30, and we get along really collaboratively and have a fun vibe. I didn't I didn't think you're of spacecrafts as chill. You're under 30 and building spacecraft? Yes. Is there a, an older supervisor? <laughs> no. That's <laughs> all until a new dickish mansplainer joined the team. This guy, let's call him mm-hmm. Dustin because that's his name, joined about two months ago to fill a needed spot. His work is fine, but he's replaceable. Anyway, he's a total mansplainer. And is super traditional. Think boat shoes, teacher wife, lives in Connecticut. 
He'll repeat my plan back to me like it's his idea, tell me things that I know because I literally designed it, and waste time telling us dumb things like, Buying land is the only way to invest money. His verbal dumbness wastes so much time and gets pretty insulting, especially because it's clear he doesn't know what he's talking about since he's new to the project. It's not just me being petty. He's mansplaining work to literal PhD doctor scientists, also women, and to people five years ahead of him on the project. The other women on my team have noticed too, and we're doing shared eye rolls and minor callouts, but it's not enough. I've tried things like, yeah, I know, it's my work you're looking at. Hey, Dustin, we're waiting on you again. Or, hey, you're holding us up. This should have been done. But it's not sinking in. I have to repeat myself constantly just to get him to do his actual job. I get he's probably trying to prove himself since our organization yeah. is super prestigious. Prestigious? Prestigious? Wow, Emily. Just really bad. I just got scared. Today. I got scared on that one. What is it? Prestigious? You do either. Or either. <laughs> but everyone I work with, I'm not going to be on this NASA team. <laughs> everyone I work with is very not at, humble. Not at this rate. Not with, these, not with this track record. Everyone I work with is very humble and team orientated except him. I'm a direct person. I'm more than willing to do some light public shaming in front of my team and call him out, but I don't know what to say anymore. Do you have advice on how to approach him? What can I say to express that his mansplaining is unappreciated, unnecessary, and it's wasting time and money? Thank you for all your wisdom. I'm excited to hear comebacks and approach. Best, a fed up engineer. Ooh, it's tough because once again, and I get it, I am this person. Here's someone who everyone claims to be bothered by, but you're the only one bearing the brunt of it and like letting it bother you and saying stuff. Is he at, he annoys you, but is his presence, is the way that he speaks putting you at risk for looking like you don't know what you're doing? Like, is he doing it in front of your boss? You know, is he doing it in a way that sort of takes away from your character? I'm guessing not. I'm guessing he's just really annoying and he annoys everybody else. And it's tough because you're not his superior. You're just annoyed by him. It's tough to be I like, I think just she is it. his superior. Let me make sure. Lead, like she's the of lead of a team. Then you need to and pull this him is aside. A new person. And I think you'd be a little bit gentle because you did also mention, and I was thinking this, like he's just trying to prove himself. And sometimes, and I know this from experience, not from being this person, but from working with someone like this, sometimes when people feel insecure, they do too much or they do this like ancillary work that is not even so much counterproductive, but it's a lot of like, look at me, look at me. And I'm, I'm saying things and I'm repeating things. I wonder if, if you are in a superior position, if it might be worth sitting him down to say, I just want you to know you're on this team for a reason we value your work, but I've noticed that you will often explain things to people who, you know, and then kind of like list it off and don't do it like you're being a dick, but be like, you don't have to do those things. I'm just putting it on your radar because people have flagged it with me. Every, you're doing good work. You wouldn't be here if you didn't do good work, but you don't ever have to prove yourself other than with the work that you do. Or the guy is just a dick. Like, even within the world of comedy, I definitely find there are men that I love and respect a lot who just naturally uh, explain stuff to me. And I will straight up be like, oh, wow, is that your own idea? Like, I'll make a joke about it. And then they'll laugh because I'm not, they weren't doing it to be mean. I wasn't. Sometimes people aren't doing it to be mean. And it's just the way it, what happens is then you're the rude one. Because they were like, oh, I was just trying to help. Some people also understand things better when they explain it out. You know, it's not like he's stealing anyone's ideas. So I think it's maybe worth trying to get to know a little bit about him, trying to appeal to his better angels before you fully go in and like lose your mind. Right. I think it's like pulling him aside, not in front of everybody being like, Dustin, yeah, no, you definitely fucking suck. But basically pulling him aside like, hey, I want to make sure you fit into this team because this is a really close knit team. And I think people are having some issues like as though you're pulling him aside and talking to him one on one and giving him like the hot goss on how to work as a team. But it also sounds like maybe he's not that good at his job. And that's a separate issue where if he's actually bad at his job, we got to get him on a PIP, a performance improvement plan. We got to get that because figured out. If the roles were reversed and this was a woman who was just annoying, I would be saying like, yeah, but is her work good? So let's look at this like real feminist and judge the work. Now you said his work was fine. It's just his attitude that's annoying. He also 
he may be a dick or he's not. Like he also just may not know. It might be from ignorance, not born out of anger or dislike of women. He might also talk to men this way. There's just no men on the team. What you don't want to do is assign him the label of misogynist or sexist. Like those things hurt. Like it hurts to be called racist by like a troll when you're not. Like these things do more harm than they do good. People are trying to like fix the way the world is, but especially as a woman assigning a label to a man or a malintent even though ignorance is no excuse, there's there's a way to judge this, to make him an ally or to bring him in versus further alienate him. So we don't, what we don't want to do is be like, we're a team of women and we think you're fucking annoying. Like you don't want to <laughs> beat him down. That's right. not what I'm about at least. So just take all that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Tofu, the sweetest CRMA and soon to be baby boy. First off, congratulations on adding to your family. You are such a great mother. And I'm so excited to watch this new chapter of your life. Thank you. I try. Secondly, this podcast is always a highlight of my week and gives me something to look forward to. I've listened since the beginning and finally have a question you've never gotten before. My question. What are some fun at-home date night ideas? For context, I am a 22-year-old female and my boyfriend is a 23-year-old male. I'm in grad school for a dual concentration degree in mental health counseling and school adjustment counseling and work a full-time job while helping take care of other members of my family. My boyfriend has severe ulcerative colitis, which has been diagnosed over the last year. This leaves us unable to go out to eat since he has to stick to a strict diet and too much physical activity also causes his UC to flare up. The beginning of our relationship, four and a half years ago, we would go out on fun adventures and hang out with friends and always found something fun and affordable to do for date night. Then COVID hit and we couldn't go anywhere. Now that I'm in grad school and he has been diagnosed with this condition, it is very hard to find fun things to do at home for date night. Our time together is limited due to my school and we both have full-time jobs. We are so tired of watching movies or a new TV show or playing board games and card games. We have tried date night boxes, but a lot of them include food items that he can't eat. Please help. Any suggestions are welcome. Thank you in advance. Much love, Emily. The the food restriction makes it tough because my first thought was like, <laughs> fun have food. a sushi date night and make it like you're at a sushi restaurant. I don't condone, no one's going to like that I'm saying this, the, the amount of over-ordering of delivered sushi in this country. I really, I'm just going to put this out there. I think it should be a special thing that should always be expensive. No, not everybody at every price point deserves to eat flown in fish every single day. So sorry that you and your family need to like order it. Also the black plastic that it comes in is really bad for the environment. Okay. That being said, it, on the rare occasion that we do order nice sushi, we don't do this anymore because I haven't had sushi in a very long time. We would set out placemats and play like a sushi playlist, sushi mm. restaurant playlist, not the Harry Styles one. This was way before he had that song. Uh, and we'd make it like a Japanese restaurant, put out like nice soy sauce things, get a nice bottle of sake and just make it like, and sit at the counter at our house. <laughs> so I don't know what his dietary restrictions are, but it could be cute if you make a meal and make it as if you're at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Whatever the food is. You know, get the playlist. Maybe you could sit outside. There's always going for a walk or going to a park. I'm trying to think of a date night thing. We don't really tough, ever do that. But he's, okay, he can't do physical activity. He, they don't like board games or card games or movies or TV. Like, here's the thing. Back up on that because you might not have played the right board game or card game. Like, we need to expand that. You, you can't. Yeah, you ever play, you ever play gin? <laughs> Super fun. Slash, maybe you like video games. Maybe you want to get a VR headset. Maybe you want to play a PlayStation game. Okay. Or there's also old movies. Like, after I had my baby and I was just at home for like the first few weeks, we would have like a, a special snack and a special drink and we'd watch like a black and white movie or we'd watch the Criterion Collection and we would just pick out old movies. Sell. We were trying to go through like AFI's top 100 movies of all times. Find a director you like, you know, movies that are like part of a social conversation because mm-hmm. you're giving me a lot of limitations, but That's- there's whole worlds <laughs> that could be open that way. Yeah, maybe it's so I have this like thing that my friend gave me that's like a scratch off poster of like women in film, basically. So whenever I watch one of them, I can scratch the person off like, oh, I've watched that one. So maybe if you make it into kind of a like a scavenger hunt as opposed to just like, what are we going to pick off Netflix? Ugh. 
you're like, and then I get to touch them. You could do a scavenger hat around your house, but like, I don't, I don't have a ton of ideas, but off the top of our noggins, those are the ideas. You got to try more You could more do a puzzle. You could do oh. a puzzle. You could do one of those. That thing everybody's into arts. with the beads where they stick. I was the- <laughs> literally about to say it. The bead sticking thing. I mean, that's more of a girl thing, but. A boy can you could stick do an beads. Ar- you could do clay. You could go get some <gasps> Fimo clay and make little characters. Ooh, like when and people bake do them. like sipping paints or whatever, where people go yeah. and they drink wine there and they go. paint something, where you both paint the same thing or draw. Yeah. There's also a whole world of like mocktails, mm. like seed lip. And then that stuff called like Gaia, G-H-I-A is really tasty. So get into it. Or you could just have a lot of weird sex. Next question. No one's time for Top of the Cob. It's the Top of the Cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the Cob. Uh, my Top of the Cob, obviously. You said I'm it's not going to be your baby. Well, because that's, that's it. It's bigger than having a, that's bigger than Top of the Cob, having a baby. Very excited. Very healthy little boy. Uh, my ears were clogged because I was sick this weekend. We were flying from San Diego to Arizona. And it happened in the plane and my ears were so clogged. We go to the restaurant and I was so scared because when you're, one of your ears is clogged, your equilibrium is off. So you feel like you're high. Like you feel like you're in a dream and not in a good way. And I was like, how do I do a show like this? Like, what am I going to do? Like, it feels weird to talk. And my tour manager reminded me of this thing we used to do with my little brother because he had ear trouble growing up on planes is if your ears are ever clogged, you take a cup and take very, very hot water and soak a towel, a rag, a napkin, something small, put it at the bottom of the cup and then hold it to your ear. And we we're at a restaurant, uh, shout out to Chris Bianco. We went to his restaurant, um, in, uh, in Phoenix and he is so lovely. Noah and him are lovely friends and he hooked us up and it was beautiful. And, uh, I, one of the as I'm telling the story, I'm like, Jesus Christ, speed this up. Somebody at the coffee shop next door, my tour manager went and got a cup and did the thing. And I just held it to my ear and eating my sad sandwich. I was so upset. <sighs> and out of nowhere, my ear popped. It opened up and it was like a ghost left my body. I literally went, <laughs> oh, <sighs> new lease on life. Like I was still so sick for that show, but it didn't matter because I could hear with both my fucking ears. So a delicious, and it was the kind of ear pop where you could feel the pressure like crack through. Like, oh, no, I hate that. Oh, delicious. No. Delicious. All right, you go. Fan top of the cob. I went to Eliza's Austin show by myself this past weekend and sat in the center of the front row. It was incredible. She and Hunter both had me crying, laughing the entire time. My top of the cob was during the meet and greet when I walked over to say hello to Eliza. I was wearing the elder millennial crop top with high-waisted black jeans and high tops. Eliza said I looked fire and that what I was wearing with the elder millennial shirt was exactly how she envisioned it or something to that effect. Yeah, I remember that. I know Eliza isn't one to sugarcoat, so hearing that from her was a huge compliment. Thanks, Shannon. (laughs) That's nice. My top of the cob is, okay, I need to, I, I I know it's bad and I'm not doing it, but sometimes buying little products for organization, buying new, little, little bits and pieces, a little thing that holds things, a little, a little box, a little drawer, a little label. Yeah. It's like so satisfying when you get your, your things all sorted, but you also were like, I don't need this. I've been eyeing up a battery organizer and I'm like, no, I don't need to buy a piece of plastic, put batteries in. They're all in their there little, they're all in their little paper houses. Like they're fine. But yeah. oh, I love it. It comes those. in a battery organizer. I know, but I all these little products now that it's like uh, every article on it. Facebook is like 25 products you didn't know you needed. I'm like, no, I didn't need any of these except do I need that one a little bit? No. We need to eliminate the word need from our vocabulary. Bottom of the cob. Okay, the fan one is when people, my bottom of the cob is when people are barbarians and leave their shopping carts in the grocery store parking lot. Are people raised by jackals? Where is societal grace? Does no one have any feelings of responsibility? I agree. Agree to that. And that comes down to people just not being taught to consider other people. Yeah, people are rude. I, my husband is the most considerate and always puts it back. Like always, he's like, just because other people aren't doing it doesn't mean we shouldn't. And I've definitely become better about that stuff. Like, don't let other people's animal behavior affect you acting like a person. Unless acting like a person is being a dick. Okay. Well, my bottom of the cob is I've had this like sharp back pain in my lower side of my back where I'm like, I know this is stress related. I know 
it's not like bad enough that I'd go to a doctor, but it's bad enough that it's annoying me. And it's been for like, and it's that thing where you're like, ugh, like people have it so much worse. Yes. Things are so much worse. My life could be so much worse, but ugh, this is so no, annoying. you're allowed just to. another thing nope. that I'm. Ugh. Back pain, you, that and your ears being off. Like you don't realize how we take it for granted. It's okay that other people are in worse pain. And it, it's not the back pain that bothers you. It's the fact that you've got to go deal with it. Ugh. Like if a doctor were to just say, by the way, it'll go away in five days, you'd be like, great. But it's like having to deal with a doctor, having to make the appointment. That makes it worse. To be I'm honest. not going to a doctor unless something really goes awry. We'll see. It's been two days, maybe two or three days. We we'll go. see. <laughs> What's your bottom? My bottom of the cob is how, this is a small thing, how stressed I get when Tianfu doesn't eat. Oh, yeah. On the road, sometimes on the road, she just like won't eat her food. And I get it. It's like dry dog food, whatever. Sometimes you got to make it nice for her, put some like hot water in it to make a gravy. But when she doesn't, I know that like we're in transit too much. And she's like, I can't do this now. And that stresses me out because I'm like, but I need to make sure you eat. I'm always monitoring her little body. She's okay. She ate it. She would eat all the snacks, just didn't want her dog food, which is just typical. But you got to eat your dog food, Angel Heart. Oh, I have another bottom of the cob. Okay. You're allowed to do two. It was basically that I... No, I'll forget it. It was basically that right before I got sick, I did three shows, which is not uh, abnormal for me. Uh, Just three sets around town. And one of them, the audience was awful. So I was just... I found myself like trying a little too hard. And I was like, I don't need to do this. The other one, there, the other two, there wasn't enough sound in the wedges. And I, in the moment, should have asked for more sound, but I strained my voice. And coming home, having worked that hard when, frankly, the comic before me should have been better. Like the audience should have been warmed up and there should have been sound in the wedges. So I think I'm just going to do less shows around town because I can't keep wrecking my voice because of bad audio equipment. Anyways, that's the worst. When you like work really hard and then you're like, I didn't have to work that hard. That was on someone else. Okay. Right. You are hopefully flying to Boston or coming to see me in Boston coming up October 13th. We also have Portland, Maine and Burlington, Vermont. It's very funny to be like, we're playing the TD Garden and then a 1700 theater in Burlington, Vermont. Get cozy. But very excited to go up there. I deliberately put those two up there with Boston because of this time of year. Very excited to eat all the tasty treats and drink the cider and see the leaves. Love it. Take us at Eliza.com slash tour. And remember, oh, and a fan mentioned that she liked you at the end of these when I give you a little thing to do and you're, you're so bad She's at it, the one person. She likes it. Remember, ears are going to pop, but that doesn't mean... You got to give me more than that. Ears are going to pop... Uh, I always do remember it's not the thing that can, so I was trying to give you a different structure <laughs> ears uh, ears are gonna pop it's the friends you make along the way there you go that's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time because messes happen because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.